was AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. going on guys thank you so very much for joining us right here on off the script this is your aew rampage and smackdown post show for may 6th 2022 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your friday nights wherever you may be man smackdown sucks I genuinely, you know, if there's anything in this life that I absolutely loathe and hate, it's SmackDown. SmackDown may be the worst night of professional wrestling all all week. And it will go down as the worst professional wrestling night of the entire year. It's Friday Night SmackDown. This show sucks. This This show sucks so bad. That WWE is contemplating, and we're going to talk about this on this weekend's live off the script episode 429. WWE realizes, or has to realize, that SmackDown sucks so badly that they may be pushing the draft till June. They may be doing it. How many months is that? July, August, September, October. Four months earlier, they may be doing this draft. That's how bad SmackDown is in its current state right now. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. Tonight on SmackDown, we got the very lame and lackluster because WWE supposedly had this in the cards for weeks. I don't believe them at all. WWE gave us a very lame and lackluster final push. I wish they fucking pushed this show off a cliff. The final push for the Roman Reigns Usos versus RK Bro, Andrew McIntyre match at Backlash. They gave you that one final push. This shit sucks. This shit was awful. Nothing about it got me any more excited than I already was about it, which was very low at this stage of the game going into Backlash. We also have Lacey Evans. She finally made her return to WWE tonight, and I don't really get it. I don't really get it. I don't like it. I think it's fake as fuck. I think it's cringe. I think it's just absolutely one of the most forced agendas in all of WWE. She finally showed face in WWE to a very, very lukewarm reaction. Sasha Banks and Shayna Baszler. Because WWE doesn't have any other women's tag teams on the main roster. We got Natalia versus Naomi last week, so it's the other two's turn to get in the ring 
for singles competition. Sasha Banks and Shayna Baszler, they opened the show tonight. Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair tried to force their way into some excitements with piped-in crowd noise, and they failed miserably in the open of SmackDown. Drew Gulak and Aaliyah more than likely have added their, their names to the list of Nick Khan budget cuts. Certainly happening very, very soon. They will be released soon. They will be on Nick Khan's budget cut list. They will be on John Laurinaitis and his phone list to be called in a couple of weeks. That was their SmackDown on Friday night. Shinsuke Nakamura apparently still wants Roman Reigns. Walter destroyed Gulak in a job match tonight. This show sucks. There's nothing about this show that I genuinely like or found to be anything positive. Now, on Rampage side of things, we had a decent little Rampage tonight, man. There was some really great in-ring wrestling tonight on Rampage, man. Really, really great in-ring stuff on Rampage. Spearheaded by that great women's tag team match that opened the show, man. Tony Storm and Ruby, Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, man. I, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that the women's division with those four women, man, are really going to set the, set the, the, the whole pace and set the tone of that women's division, man. Really great stuff over there. Uh, I did tune in to watch the show tonight on TNT. And I can't wait to see Tony Storm and Jamie Hader in the first round of the Owen Cup. It's going to be awesome. We got Jay Lethal in the main event against Takeshita. And he was actually very surprising. Man, he was very good, being that he is coming from Japan. And this is his, uh, I believe, second AEW appearance. He was, he was excellent in the ring, man. He looked like a fucking professional out there. Holy shit, he looked really, really good. And then we got more of the same with Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston. We got more Hook and Dan Housen. So we're going to go over all that stuff as well after we get through the SmackDown stuff here tonight. I want to thank you guys for joining me on this Friday evening, man, wherever you guys may be. I know it is uh, it is not an exciting night for pro wrestling, man, and... Just by the audience that I have tonight, and I'm looking, because I got everybody queued up, I'm looking at the numbers. I don't know if YouTube is fucked up. I don't know if YouTube is fucked up, or if you guys are genuinely, genuinely disinterested, or, or, or just the general populace is disinterested in what is going on on weekly pro wrestling program, man, but... The fact that we don't even have 1,100 viewers and Solid Monster has like 400 or 500 and Sap has about 500. I know that this show is dead. Not my show. SmackDown is dead. And it really is depressing. And it really is depressing. I don't know if it's that or if YouTube just isn't really pushing out live streams right now. I don't know what the fuck is going on, man. Normally we'd have about 2,000 in here. For a Monday Night Raw or an AEW Rampage, man, we got about 2,000 in here. Minimum. I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's pretty fucking bad out here, man. It is really, really fucking bad. And WWE doesn't give a shit. They touted $335 million in their first quarter. That's what I got to hear about from the fucking shills, man. Does anybody realize that WWE is obviously going to be up that amount this year because... They weren't in front of live crowds this time last year. 
They had no audience last year. It was a pandemic last year. The world shut down last year. Shields. E-drones out there. It's not really that impressive. My fucking dick would be up compared to last year. Give me a fucking break. Anyway, I appreciate you guys who are here in the venue for joining me on your Friday nights. Thank you so much, man. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand likes minimum. That's the minimum. Thousand likes minimum on tonight's live stream. Get those super chats in. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show as always. You guys let me know what you think of SmackDown and Rampage tonight. Everybody in the comment section listening to me after the fact, or if you, if you guys are here right now and you want to go into the comment section after it, is over. Your homework tonight is what do you think about Fox canceling the unification match between the Usos and RK Bro, man, for their reason of wanting exclusivity over their roster. I didn't know the suits and ties over at Fox Sports knew exactly what the fucking show and the brand needed. Are they watching the fucking show? Maybe they're fucking sleeping through it like most of us are. That's your homework. Let me know what you guys think about that down in the comment section below and engage in some good conversation with everybody. Make sure you guys join the VIP section, man. Join the channel. Become a channel member. Become an OTS VIP. You guys get those emotes and those custom badges next to your name. Always a great deal. Love having more people in the VIP section, man. The more people that are in the VIP section, the more Jesse's got to pour me a drink. Also, tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. My great friends over at Blue Chew, man. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout for your free sample. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. We'll be live on Sunday afternoon, man. I'll send out the notifications via the subscription boxes. We'll be live on Sunday afternoon with episode 429 of the podcast. So make sure you guys uh, RSVP to that. We'll be live around 12, 1 o'clock maybe. Haven't decided yet. Depends, honestly, on what time I wake up. And then we'll be live for a second time on Sunday where we will be talking about WWE WrestleMania Backlash. So we're going to have two live streams on Sunday. So make sure you guys check both of those out. Like, we can only do it right here on Off The Script, man. Bringing you guys the truth and the best podcast in the IWC live on YouTube. Also, go get your t-shirts, man. Bonfire.com, the exclusive home of Off The Scripts. If you guys noticed on Twitter, I tweeted out a very boss-like picture of myself wearing an Off The Script hat. And a black blazer with a red tie and a white shirt. I'm trying to get that design, that same exact design, on a t-shirt. I'm working with Bonfire right now to really make it look great. So I'll keep you guys updated on that. When you talk about the Don of NXT, the boss of NXT, man. I'm the fucking ringleader here, man. You guys know it. Bonfire.com for all your t-shirt and merchandise. Exclusive home of Off The Scripts. Might as well start at the top, man. Because SmackDown was utter trash. I got news. Might as well go over the news. You know, everybody was asking, and I was really, really asking. Why is there no unification match for the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles when I think every fan watching this show, whether you are like me, who is of the utmost intelligence, 
or you are a blithering fucking idiot who sits in the crowd and accepts everything that WWE does on a weekly basis. I think we all can really agree we're all rowing down the same fucking river, man. The WWE tag team division is the drizzling fucking shits. It is the worst tag team division. It is the worst handled tag team division. It is the worst creative tag team division in all of the sport of pro wrestling. WWE is dead last. Dead fucking last when it comes to tag team wrestling. Everybody wondered why WWE canceled this main event. Why did we get this six-man tag that was seemingly born out of nothing? Why is this happening now? This, this feels like a, a SmackDown main event or a Monday Night Raw main event. You know, WWE's got SmackDown guys on Raw and Raw guys on SmackDown. We all know that the tag team championships and its divisions on Raw and SmackDown need to be merged. There were two reports that came out today. Two reports that came out today. And I'm going to read the first one because WWE, they want you to believe that they are actually doing their job. They want you to believe, the fan on the internet, that they are long-term booking, but they're not. WWE doesn't know the term long-term booking. The six-man tag team match reportedly was always planned. For WrestleMania backlash. Really now? This was always planned. Ah, Bruce. You're a fucking comedian, Bruce. It's always planned. What the fuck are you talking about? The only thing that's planned is your fucking HelloFresh order for the next seven months. You fucking fat slob, Bruce Pritchard. Give me a break. WWE originally announced that Raw Tag Team Champions RK-Bro would be facing SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos, in a title unification match at WrestleMania backlash. Or what I like to call rehash. WWE did an angle on last week's SmackDown where Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre got into a brawl after the contract signing to make the unification match official. However, WWE changed it to the bloodline, Roman Reigns and the Usos versus Drew McIntyre and RK-Bro in a six-man tag team match. It turns out that WWE never planned to go through with the unification match. Dave Meltzer reported in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that the six-man tag team match was always the planned match. There was never a plan to unify the tag team titles. This would explain why it was only confirmed that Roman Reigns would headline the show and no one from WWE would confirm Reigns defending the undisputed WWE Universal title against McIntyre at the events. Previously, it was reported that WWE is saving the big title match between Reigns and McIntyre for one of the upcoming big stadium shows, which could be one of three, Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, or the UK show Castle or Battle or Clash, whatever the fuck it's called, Clash at the Castle. Meltzer added, the idea is that with the show being held in an arena and four weeks after WrestleMania, the interest level wasn't going to be that high, and they need big matches for their bigger shows, end quote. So let me get this straight, Bruce. Let me get this straight, WWE creative, whoever the fuck you people are. You mean to tell me that I'm supposed to believe Meltzer? Meltzer could have easily been fed false information. here. I don't believe this report for a single solitary fucking second. I don't. 
WWE had no plans for this six-man tag team match when they say that they did. WWE had Shinsuke Nakamura that they honestly think that you and I forgot the night after WrestleMania, the Friday night, I should say, after WrestleMania, had Shinsuke Nakamura confront Roman Reigns. Then it happened the very next week as well. And then you want me to believe that WWE had no plans to do that match at a D-level show like Backlash. You want me to think that you had a six-man tag team match planned as the main event of Backlash, the pay-per-view following WrestleMania, as your main event. I don't believe that for a fucking second. At all. What I do believe is that WWE is fucking clueless on how to run their own show. I don't give a shit what the report from Meltzer says. I don't have any problem at all with Dave Meltzer or Brian Alvarez or anybody over at The Observer. But this report is a crock of fucking bullshit. WWE had no plans for this six-man tag. And the only thing that we would really assume as a fan base is that Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns were eventually going to get it on after WrestleMania because it's not that difficult to fucking figure out that Roman Reigns has zero fucking competition. Zero. There's no competition for Roman Reigns on Friday night. I don't believe it at all. So good luck trying to convince me that this was always the planned match. No, it wasn't. And all we have to do is go back to the very first SmackDown after WrestleMania and see Shinsuke Nakamura in the fucking ring. Why is he out there when he has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on now if you didn't plan to give me Nakamura and Reigns at Backlash? Nice one, Bruce. What do you, what do you take me for, a fucking fool? Man, the WWE audience, man. How out of touch is WWE with their own fucking audience? It is ridiculous. Then I got this gem. Then I got this gem. Fox exclusively wants their talent on their show only. Fox reportedly wants exclusivity on WWE talent. Now we know exactly who, and I'm not giving WWE the benefit of any doubt because they don't fucking deserve it, and they certainly haven't earned it, but it may be that WWE wanted to do the unification match, and now I'm going to cross-reference this with this report, and it would even make that original report that I just read to you about the planned six-man tag being something that was supposed to be all along. How? How? Nakamura was there with Reigns, and now you want me to believe that the six-man tag team match was always in the plans, when now it's coming out that Fox ultimately canceled the unification match because they want brand exclusivity. During today's Wrestling Observer Live, Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer talked about the rumors about titles being unified and champions working on both brands on a regular basis. It was noted earlier that despite what was being teased on TV, the plan all along was for the six-man tag to happen at WrestleMania Backlash. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And they were never going to unify the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles at the pay-per-view. Meltzer also stated that while fans may see Raw and SmackDown wrestlers appearing on opposite shows from time to time, the networks and Fox was named in particular. They didn't even mention NBC Universal or USA Network. Fox in particular 
want exclusivity on talents. They want their own roster that does not appear anywhere else on any other WWE programming. Meltzer said, and I quote, both networks kind of want unique rosters. You can do some of that back and forth, but at the end of the day, Fox in particular really wants exclusivity on its own roster. Brian Alvarez then noted the reports over the last couple of years about networks being unhappy because they weren't getting certain names on their show, and now that is happening. Roman Reigns has been appearing on some Raw shows in the last couple of months, though he hasn't really done anything. And Alvarez noted that during the first WWE draft show for Fox, there were a bunch of names advertised, and none of them were sent to SmackDown despite being featured in Fox ads. Meltzer stated, yeah, well, now we all know these people. Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte Flair are all there now, and Roman Reigns. If you guys were expecting, if I was expecting to see WWE finally make sense of their absolutely abhorrent tag team division and some of these titles meaning nothing and maybe being meant or brought to some spotlight, don't expect or don't bet on any of that happening now with this new story coming out. It seems like Fox has ultimately canceled the unification match between RK-Bro and and the Usos at WrestleMania Backlash. And again, I don't want to give WWE the benefit of the doubt because they may, in this case, in this situation, may be seeing what we all are seeing, that we need to do something about the tag team division. I don't know how many fucking RK-Bro Alpha Academy matches we're we're able to sit through, or Street Profits versus RK-Bro that we're, we're able to sit through on Monday Night Raw. SmackDown has no tag team division at all. The Viking Raiders are about to be on fucking John Laurinaitis' phone book. Or in his phone book, on his fucking Rolodex, somewhere. They're about to get the call. Goodbye. They're, they're, they're no good. I mean, they're on NXT feuding with fucking the Great Brothers. That's their value. Yeah, let, let's bring you down to uh, the, the performance center and have you put over two guys that are still green as grass. That's their value to WWE. Los Lotharios, forget about it. They ain't doing shit. Rick Boogs and Nakamura, they were a tag team because WWE had no other tag teams and now Boogs is out for about eight months. And Moss and Corbin, they're about all but broken up at this point. So please, where are the other tag teams on Friday night? What are the Usos going to do with those tag team titles, if there are no other babyface teams. Oh, yeah, that's right. We got the New Day. We may get another fucking... Uh, how, how many times would that be? Why, 68, 69 uh, times now on SmackDown in the last five years? Usos versus New Day. Yeah, that's really fucking exciting. And, and the blithering idiots will eat that shit up because WWE Foon sped it to them. Oh, Foon, yeah, Foon, uh, whatever. WWE is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Then you got Sheamus. Ridge Holland and Butch. Not really a tag team. They're only, they're only a group of three out there. They're not really a tag team in the tag team division. This shit sucks. I don't understand how Fox thinks they know what the fuck is going on. And Fox knows what to do with the show. I don't get it. Why are we putting our hope and faith in fucking Fox and the suits and ties over at Fox. They don't know what the fuck is going on. They don't know what the show needs. They don't. 
Why are we listening to them? Why are we listening to Fox? You'd think they'd watch the fucking show and see what's going on. Aren't you watching the fucking show that you're paying a billion dollars for? Look at what the fuck they're doing on their show. Don't you see how terrible it is on a weekly basis? You mean to tell me that you want exclusive rosters in this current state of WWE? I don't get it. I don't get it. This is ridiculous. I hate everything about this story. Everything. Because Fox, it sounds like, and it looks like, Fox is actually sabotaging their own show. They're sabotaging their own show. For what? Because they don't want any other fucking people on the roster to be presented on Monday Night Raw and also on Friday Night SmackDown. Don't get it. I hate this story with a fucking passion, man. I read this this uh, this evening. I read this tonight, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I get it. I knew it. I knew that was the reason. And this is why we got the unification tag team match canceled at Backlash. Now we know who to blame. Now we know who to blame. Roman Reigns doesn't have opponents. Roman Reigns has nobody but Drew McIntyre. The Usos have no fucking competition in the tag team division. No, but you want your exclusive roster. As long as you got Lesnar, Rousey, and Charlotte, and Roman, right? No, you're all good. You're all good. That's all, that's all that you need to get by, right? You're, you're content with a 1.9 rating on a Friday night. You're content with that. You're paying a billion dollars for a fucking subpar, less than subpar product. But you don't want, and I, I, listen, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt, but they may know better than fucking Fox for sure what the show actually needs. No, you don't want WWE to have a draft and merge the fucking divisions and put people on your show that actually need to be there to help the show. You want just the big names and that's it. That's it. Yeah, let's let's ruin the entire fucking show on Friday night because Fox wants exclusive rosters. Sounds like a solid plan to me, Fox. I don't get why we got to bend backwards, why WWE's got to bend backwards, why the fans have to fucking sit through this mediocrity every fucking week because Fox, they don't want Roman Reigns to appear on Monday and Friday night. I don't get it. I don't get it. But that's the latest. That's the reason why the Usos and RK-Bro Aren't unifying the tag team championships at Backlash. Who are the Usos going to defend those titles against except RK-Bro? I don't know. By the looks of it, they got no other competition on the show, just like Roman Reigns at the top. So what we can actually expect, folks, is that Roman either is A, going to give the WWE Championship back to Monday Night Raw or lose it to somebody over on Monday Night so that the title goes back over there, whoever that may be, I don't know, AJ Styles, Edge, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, I don't know. That's the only thing that it really presents as far as a freshness. Roman actually losing one of the championships. No, in WWE, they'll have him fucking forfeit the title via the draft. They'll have him hold the title till the draft and then draft the fucking WWE title back on Monday Night Raw and then they'll hold some kind of fucking tournament for the title. 
They won't even have him loose, which at this point, I think time is running out on this Roman Reigns world title run as far as it being interesting. I think it's really weighing on people watching the show. I think people are way, way beyond Roman Reigns as the tribal chief now. It hasn't even done anybody else right but Roman. To me, when you look at Roman Reigns' title reign, it will go down as a failure in my eyes because it did nothing to build the show or or Raw or anybody on the roster. All it did was get Roman Reigns to a point where I can honestly say all that he's done was great for himself, but as far as everybody else sharing in that and him feeding everybody else beneath him, he didn't do shit. The head of the table and the tribal chief legitimately is the head of the table. He didn't feed anybody else at that dinner table. No one. What a fucking shame. An absolute shame. Fox needs to stay out of WWE's business and they need to move the fuck on. Let WWE handle the goddamn show. I don't give a shit how much you are paying. You are paying for a fucking terrible product. Let WWE at least try to put a band-aid on what right now is a major fucking wound that will not stop bleeding. Drew McIntyre was even in the news. He even said, if there is going to be a draft and a brand split, there should be two world champions. He spoke to the New York Post. McIntyre argued that if WWE is going to keep two separate rosters, that the company should have two top titles. If we got separate rosters, I kind of prefer the idea of a champion for each show. At the same time, we just had WrestleMania, and we needed a huge match. Brock had one title, and Roman had the other title. It made for a very interesting match. I don't want to use the word stupendous, but it made for a very, very big match, and now we are kind of with the fallout, or in the fallout, of that huge match. That huge WrestleMania match, it happened, and now we'll see what happens moving on into the future. I kind of like the idea of a champion representing each brand. We have those separate brands. So somebody has to take down Roman at least for one of those titles. End quote. He gets it. He gets it. But WWE wanted Roman Reigns with the WWE Championship. What good is it if he, if he is not going to do anything without other championship? Why, why did we even do the championship match at WrestleMania, if you had no fucking follow-up for Roman Reigns and no plan in place for when he won both championships. Now you're leaving Monday Night Raw without a top title or a prize at the top for anybody else to fight for. Austin Theory is your United States champion. That's not going to be a major title to fight for over on Monday night. Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes is the big program over on Monday night, but what the fuck are they fighting for? What are they fighting for? The quicker we get that title, because now we know for a fact that nothing is going to change and that we are definitely going to ununify the world championships and the tag team championships will not be heading towards the unification. We will have a WWE champion again at some point this year. Who that may be, I don't know. When that will be, I don't know. But from this Drew McIntyre interview, it seems like we will be getting another world champion on Monday Night Raw at some point because WWE is not moving away from the brand split, and that, to me, is a colossal mistake. Not unifying the tag team titles, or the women's titles, for that matter. The women's titles. We don't need two women's titles. That is a mistake to me. Stop listening to the networks. 
They don't know what the fuck the show needs. But all of a sudden, now Fox wants to get involved. When WWE finally was about to do the right thing. Moving on with the show. SmackDown. SmackDown started off with Sasha Banks. Actually, no, not Sasha Banks. That was the first match. WWE started off with Charlotte Flair and Aaliyah. They were in the ring. Aaliyah didn't even get a fucking entrance. She was just standing there in the middle of the ring. Charlotte made her way. Aaliyah was already in there like a jobber she is. Charlotte asked Long Island how it was going. Nobody came to see you, Charlotte. Believe me, honey. Nobody came to see you. She said she doesn't understand why Long Island is called the armpit of New York. She said people are saying she was humiliated when she lost the Beat the Clock Challenge. I'm humiliated every time I have to watch this fucking steaming pile of garbage on Friday night. She said she didn't lose, though. She said Aaliyah clearly tapped out before the time expired. She blamed Drew Gulak for creating confusion. She said she'll make Ronda Rousey quit on Sunday at Backlash and she'll cry like her own little baby. She said she won't be surprised if Rousey leaves WWE after her humiliating loss. Charlotte told everyone to say hi to Aaliyah. She asked if she's enjoying her 15 seconds of fame standing in the ring with her. Then all of a sudden she leans in and starts calling Aaliyah Ronda Rousey. And Aaliyah, you know, her name is not Ronda, but she leans in as if she's trying to listen closely to Charlotte Flair like a complete loser leans in as Charlotte calls Aaliyah Ronda and she elbows Aaliyah in the face like a fucking geek. What an awful way to embarrass somebody, man. So she elbowed Aaliyah down and stomped Aaliyah and punched Aaliyah. Ronda Rousey came out, or Ronda Rousey, putting Long Island to sleep in one fell swoop is Ronda Rousey. Her music hit. Rousey pulled Charlotte out of the ring. The match with Aaliyah never got started. They brawled at ringside. Ronda Rousey followed Charlotte back into the ring, but Charlotte rammed her into the corner repeatedly. Referees and agents came out and pulled them all apart, and they were finally pulled apart. And and Pat McAfee says, they have so much disdain for each other, and Ronda Rousey's eye makeup was all smeared all over her face. They tried to really make this intense, this big pull-apart brawl. They tried to force their way into some intensity because this feud has been fucking dead. Dead. This was WWE's way of resuscitating this dead feud on the go-home show for WrestleMania Backlash. It did nothing to bring out the excitement in these two women wrestling again. The crowd was fucking pretty much dead for most of this. WWE had to obviously pipe in crowd noise because Long Island couldn't give a single solitary shit about Ronda or Charlotte. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. And it's quite pathetic. You got Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair in this dead fucking feud on Friday night going into a pay-per-view for their second match. WWE is trying to force intensity on this feud on the go-home show, all the while piping in crowd noise to really make it sound exciting where it's not and when it hasn't been. That's fucking sad. That is really fucking sad. This feud is an embarrassment to women's wrestling. This feud is, is, a, is an embarrassment to the women's division. Ronda Rousey's run here uh, in a second run for WWE has been nothing more than a fucking failure. And Charlotte, give me a break, man. I, you know, I don't really understand how Charlotte can go out there every week and you get the same fucking people claiming that she's the best ever and she's one of the greatest of all time. She is as dull as they come. There's nothing special about Charlotte Flair. You're all blinded by what everybody else says. If she was so great, this feud wouldn't have fucking bombed the way that it did. So much for Charlotte Flair being the greatest of all time. You got one of the biggest wrestling stars right now in women's wrestling in Ronda Rousey. You got a a woman in Ronda Rousey who was a, a huge influence in women's sports, period. And you can't bring this fucking feud to any level of excitement at all, yet you want me to call her the greatest of all time? This shit sucks. And Aaliyah... Second time, actually, I don't even know if she got a fucking entrance. She got an entrance, I believe, last week. Shotzi didn't get an entrance. She didn't get an entrance this week. So, Aaliyah, from my vantage point, it looks like John Laurinaitis may be calling Aaliyah in a couple of weeks, and she will be given her future endeavors. She got buried tonight and made to look like a complete geek. Sasha Banks and Shayna Baszler. This was the first match of the night. Sasha Banks and Shayna had a pretty decent match here. Not really surprising, being that Sasha Banks and Shayna Baszler are very good. They're very good. Naomi had her arm wrapped because Baszler attacked her last week. So they're selling this injury. Banks had the early advantage and attacked Baszler's arm. Baszler broke free, kicked to the face on Sasha. She went for the arm bar because that's what she does. Banks fought back, rolled up Baszler for a near fall. She gained control, did Banks. Natalia was on the outside, causing a little distraction. Baszler took advantage, hit a beautiful-looking gut-wrench suplex. This spot was awesome. Banks went for a head scissors out of the corner, but Baszler counted into a side slam for another near fall, man. Shayna is very good. Underrated is Shayna Baszler. Baszler's in control, and Banks... All of a sudden, fires back, hits a sliding backdrop, slammed Baszler's arm into the announce table on the outside. Banks then threw Baszler back into the ring. She was on the apron. She rolled backwards into the ring and caught Baszler with a bulldog. She jumped to her feet, and she caught Baszler with a tilt-a-whirl head scissors out to the floor. Banks and Baszler traded pinfall attempts. Finish came when Baszler rolled up Banks, held on to the ropes with Natalia's help for the win. 
So Naomi wins last week over Natalia, I believe. And Sasha loses in this match to, to Shayna Baszler due to outside interference. So WWE wants to create the narrative that the tag team champions are going into this match looking weak. Naomi had her arm injured, supposedly, by Shayna Baszler and Natalia, and now Sasha Banks loses because of foul play on behalf of Natalia. WWE wants you to think that Sasha and Naomi are going to lose those tag team championships. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. 50-50 booking here. WWE has one win apiece for these two singles matches between all four of these women, and now we get the tag team match going into next week's show where I think Sasha and, and Naomi beat Natalia and Shayna. But if WWE actually gave us a legit women's division, Sasha Banks would be at the top. She always has a great match with everybody. Shayna Baszler is very good. Natalia, though boring, is also very good in the ring. I mean, you, you got the tools there to really make it a solid division that WWE doesn't care. They'd rather push the people that they want and bury 70% of the roster because that's what Fox wants on their TV. That's what Fox thinks needs to be on TV. That's what Fox wants, and WWE has to bend over backwards for fucking Fox. It's a crying shame. They could have a decent division, but WWE doesn't give us a decent division. And this tag team women's shit, this situation with the tag team titles, it's the same shit every fucking week. It, it even is a problem in, in the men's division. Singles match, singles match, singles match, singles match, and then we get a big tag team match when WWE wants to do it. It's not what I call a tag team division. Tag teams should be winning matches against other tag teams and then getting a tag team championship match against the tag team champions. Stop this fucking shit narrative. It sucks. Happy talk. Oh, great. Another, another episode of happy talk, folks, yet... Fox wants exclusive rosters. Sure thing. So we go to Happy Talk. Corbin's in the ring. He began talking about what he plans to do to Madcap Moss at the pay-per-view because this is what WWE thinks needs to be on pay-per-view. Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. Madcap interrupted on the Titantron and said they want to hear his jokes. He told Corbin... He looks like he's trying out for a Pitbull cover band. Ha, ha, ha. I'm not laughing. He told Corbin he looks like he's trying out for a Pitbull cover band. He said all the tattoo artists have tried out their bad idea on him. He said it appears a hot topic threw up on his chest because Corbin has a chest tattoo. McAfee started laughing. I did not. Corbin interrupted him and said he feels safe in the back telling lame jokes. He says he doesn't have the guts to come out there and say it to his face. Madcap said, funny you should mention that. He then walked away from the camera backstage and ran out. He made his entrance. He had his theme music and everything. He came out to the ring and that was it. Name calling and brawling. But the next phase you know, they're going to be brawling at the pay-per-view, but maybe for his next phase, he says he can be entertaining Corbin. He said he should go back to his lone wolf phase, but unfortunately, wolves have hair. He said Corbin should be the big, bald wolf. He started a chant of big, bald wolf 
Big Bald Wolf, fans lukewarm joined in. Corbin shook his head and walked off. WWE is trying desperately to get this shit over with Matt Catmoss. It is not working. Happy Corbin is fucking shadow-changing garbage if i ever seen anything on WWE TV in recent memory. This shit needs to go. I don't know what they need to do, but I, you know, from, from my vantage point, my point of view, when Moss says maybe the next character you can play is entertaining Corbin, that shit is a fucking shoot. That's not even kayfabe. That's not even a work. That's a legit shoot. He needs to be entertaining. This shit sucks. Mad Catman, he's never going to get over by telling fucking jokes in front of a live audience. That cannot be his gimmick. I hope to God that this first phase of Mad Cat Moss is this, and then we move on to something a little bit more serious. The guy behind Mad Cat Moss, Riddick Moss. Let's get more Riddick Moss on TV. Riddick Moss needs to be on TV. Riddick Moss needs a repackaging. This was a great introductory for him to get to the main roster and be on the main roster with somebody like Corbin. But we cannot continue this. He will be nothing more than a mid-card fucking jobber. This is not going to get over with anybody if it continues. And the guy behind the character is way better than what he is being given to work with. And he's trying desperately to make it work, and it's not working. We need to do something with him because if not... WWE is going to blame it on him that he didn't get the fucking gimmick over and they're going to lose faith in him and then he'll be future endeavored. And I don't want to see that happen to somebody like Riddick Moss, who I know could be a great hand on this roster. We got Kayla Braxton backstage. She interviewed RK Bro. She asked for their thoughts on what the Usos said about them. Riddle asked if they really think he puts his feet in his own mouth. But who am I to judge what people put in their mouths? Orton said, please, please, wrong place, wrong time. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't care. What did the Usos say? The Usos were backstage. They threw some insults at RK Bro. They said Riddle puts his foot in his mouth a lot, and they're going to make new snakeskin boots out of the Viper. Childish garbage between both teams. Drew Gulak, he was in the middle of the ring. He got no entrance. He was standing there like a fucking jobber he is. Cole says he's back in his happy place in the ring. He's scheduled to face a mystery opponent tonight. I legit thought it was going to be Charlotte Flair. I legit thought they were going to put Charlotte Flair in the ring against Drew Gulak. Walter Gunther was his mystery opponent. So we got Drew Gulak versus Gunther. This was two minutes. I predicted 90 seconds, but it went two minutes. This was a squash match, if I ever saw one, with Gunther and Drew Gulak. Gulak tried to get psyched up for the big challenge. He was excited before Gunther made his entrance, and then he obviously, his entire body came down with fucking fear, knowing that he was going to face Gunther on SmackDown tonight. So he circled Gunther, tried to lock up with Gunther. This obviously failed for Gulak. Gunther overpowered him, worked over his arms. Gulak flipped out of Walter's grip. 
Gunther slapped his chest and knocked him down, and it made a very menacing sound. You know Walter's chops, Gunther's chops. They are legit fucking bombs. Gunther then delivered a boot, big boot to the head. He then bent Gulak upside down on the top rope and torqued his body around the turnbuckle. He yanked him to the center of the ring, applied a sleeper. Gulak, he tried to stay awake in the sleeper. Gunther said, fuck the sleeper. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to deliver a powerbomb. He slammed him down in a powerbomb. And Gunther gets the victory over Drew Gulak. People power. Hey, Gulak, we're, we're, we're calling you to uh, wish you well in your future endeavors. Don't worry, kid. It's not you. It's budget cuts. We'll see you on dark. That's exactly what's coming to Drew Gulak in a couple of weeks, man. And then some people are like, well, hey, is it really nice of you to to want to see people get fired, man? I never said I wanted to see Drew Gulak get fired, but Jesus fucking Christ, man, open your eyes. The writing is on the wall. This guy's a fucking loser. What value does Drew Gulak have on SmackDown? Zero. Even Pat McAfee said, back to catering you go, Drew Gulak. Like, that's not a fucking shoot. That's a great fucking way to get over your talent on commentary, man. The power of voice. Yeah, back to catering you go, Drew Gulak. Great job. Gunther wins in two minutes. They showed the Rick Boogs injury at WrestleMania. Cole said he went through a successful surgery. They showed Roman Reigns hugging and consoling Nakamura. You know, the the Friday after uh, WrestleMania. Like, I'm supposed to believe that the six-man tag was always planned along or always planned for backlash, but then we got Roman Reigns hugging Nakamura, right? Yeah, sure thing. Megan Morant interviewed Nakamura backstage. She asked about his bone to pick with the bloodline. Nakamura says he hasn't forgotten, and one day soon, when the time is right, I'll get a piece of Roman, and he will never forget that. Sami Zayn was in the back, peeking around a production truck, and Cole said, look at that stooge back there. He was once again eavesdropping on an interview to try and get into the good graces with Roman Reigns. He was clearly listening to Nakamura trash talk Roman Reigns, and he was going to go back and tell Roman Reigns because that's what Sami Zayn does. Sami Zayn is a gem. Sami Zayn is great. One of the best things about Friday night. If you guys want one positive from me to you about SmackDown, Sami Zayn. We go to hour two. Kayla Braxton interviewed Drew McIntyre backstage. She asked about the trash talk from the bloodline as of late. McIntyre said they like to run their mouths more than throw their fists. He said tonight the WWE Universe deserves a surprise and something special. He says he's thinking of kicking the head off the head of the table. Michael Cole. We went into a where's Butch? Where's Butch? Is he in Ireland? Is he at some Irish pub somewhere drinking an ice cold Guinness? Is he in Vegas? Is he in Orlando? Is he at the fucking nightclub? Is he at Coachella? Is he in catering? Nobody knows. Nobody knows where Butch is. 
So we got this storyline with Butch. Where's Butch on social media? WWE thinks they're doing something cool and funny and hip with Butch, but Butch is a loser. Butch is a loser. Shames and Rich Holland. They wrestled the New Day again. Again! On SmackDown. No, but we, we don't need to unify the tag team divisions. Right, Fox? Right! Tables match. This was a tables match between these four guys. Both teams brawled in the ring to start the tables match. No rules here, obviously. First to go through a table wins. New Day briefly isolated Holland in the ring. Sheamus pulled Kingston out of the ring. Woods caught Sheamus with a crossbody out of nowhere. New Day grabbed the table. Knocked Sheamus down with the table. New Day tried to give Holland a double suplex through the table, but Sheamus moved it, and that attempt was thwarted. Sheamus then set up a table at ringside and went to powerbomb Kingston through it, but Woods made the save on Kofi. Sheamus tried to give Woods white noise through the table, but Kingston made the save. Kingston knocked Sheamus off the apron, and he almost landed on the table. Kingston then hit a crossbody off the corner onto Sheamus, and they both crashed into a barricade on the outside, going right through the timekeeper's area. That looked pretty cool. So Sheamus is working on Woods. He gives Woods the 10 forearms to the chest, and Holland did the same thing to Kingston on the outside. Back in the ring, Kingston fought back, hit an SOS on Holland. He sent Sheamus to the apron, and hit 10 clubbing forearms right to Sheamus using his own move against him. Sheamus fought back and gave Kingston a white noise. I thought he was going to give him a white noise off the apron through the table on the outside, but he gave him a white noise on the apron, which, to me, might be a little bit worse than going through the table on the outside. So Woods ran wild, started making a comeback here, rocked Holland with a big heel kick. He set up a table in the middle of the ring. Holland caught him. With a vicious headbutt, Woods regained control, put Holland on the table. He climbed to the top rope, but Sheamus cut him off. Woods looked like he tweaked his leg on the landing. I hope he's all right. As I know, he just came back from a knee injury. I hope he didn't re-aggravate or re-injure the knee that he just had come back from. Kingston recovered. He went wild on Sheamus at ringside. Kingston caught Sheamus with trouble in paradise and put Sheamus on the announce table. Woods climbed to the top rope as Kingston held Sheamus down. All of a sudden, Butch comes out from underneath the ring. How did WWE play off all of this? Where's Butch? What was the conclusion of where's Butch? He's underneath the fucking ring during a tables match with Kingston and Woods against his boys. That's how WWE played off all of where this where is Butch storyline. Awesome. You see the level of creativity on behalf of WWE. So Butch emerged underneath the ring. He attacked Kingston and helped Sheamus and Holland. Sheamus and Holland then gave Woods a double choke slam through the table in the middle of the ring for the win. After the match, Butch attacked Woods, shoved Sheamus and Holland out of the way. He jumped on Woods, going at him. Let me at him! Let me at him, Scoob! A legit cartoon character is fucking Pete Dunne. Awful. Butch attacked Woods. Holland and Sheamus pulled him off. And that was the way the segment ended. Let me at him! In the back, Caleb Caleb Braxton interviewed Paul Heyman. Always great 
on-screen back and forth between Kayla Braxton and Paul Heyman. Braxton asked Paul Heyman backstage to comment on uh, what McIntyre said about knocking the head off of the head of the table. Heyman asked Kayla if she was flirting with him and looking for him to take her out in New York, in Long Island, or on Long Island, for a slice of pizza. Sami Zayn walked up to Heyman and asked Braxton, please, can you give me a moment with Paul, please, by myself? Heyman said to Kayla, don't leave me with him, please. Sammy said he heard Nakamura talk about Reigns, and now he's looking for payback. Sammy says he wants Heyman to tell Reigns that he will personally deal with Nakamura so he doesn't have to deal with it. Said he wanted Heyman to pass that along to Roman. Heyman says he's going to tell Sammy something that he shouldn't ever repeat. Heyman told Sammy that the tribal chief appreciates and respects his initiative. Sammy said that's how he'll get his credibility and respect back. Heyman says he will tell him Sammy was pleased and they thanked each other over and over again. Sammy wants the appreciation of the tribal chief. I don't know how well that's going to work out for him, but Sammy at least is a fighter. And Sammy wants something he's going to fight badly enough for it. Gotta love Sammy Zane's initiative. I wish Bruce was the same way when writing the fucking show and he took initiative to write a good show. Apparently, he doesn't care. Moving on with the rest of this shit show on Friday nights, which at this point, I was completely over it because nothing really exciting happened here. So after the tables match and after Sami Zayn, we got another segment with Adam Pearce and Sami Zayn. He asked for a match with Nakamura next week. Pierce says, I can have this match happen this week. I don't need to wait till next week. Sammy says he's not ready. Pierce says he'd give him a few minutes. Sammy wasn't pleased. McAfee said Pierce is the only sports official in all of sports who makes a good decision. I doubt that very likely, Mr. McAfee. Lacey Evans. Part five of Lacey Evans. This shit gets worse and worse every fucking week. Lacey Evans talked this week about her dad overdosing two months before her WWE tryout. She talked about another family member committing suicide around that same time. She said she tried to stop the bleeding. She said before her first match at NXT, another family member OD'd not far from the show in which she was wrestling at in Florida. She said she didn't know how much more she could take. She said she tried her entire life to make her family proud and break their addictions and motivate them to succeed. She said when what should have been the happiest moment of her life, she felt completely broken. She said she had her first match in front of her daughter inside Full Sail University at NXT, I believe it was. Then she went to the hospital to deal with more tragedy. She said it's her time to show the world the power we have to break the cycle and show my daughters to keep fighting when you second-guess yourself because of where you come from and when your knees are weak, you feel so broken because of what you've been through. She asks what the WWE superstars can do to stop her and that life hasn't already tried to do it already. She said her life has made her the woman she is today. She closed by saying she will soon be the SmackDown Women's Champion. Samantha Irving 
the SmackDown ring announcer stood in the middle of the ring and said to the live crowd that they've all been moved about the Lacey Evans story. She said, Lacey asked fans, or she said, Lacey has asked for the fans to stand up and show the proper respect. I looked at this and I'm like, are they fucking for real with this shit? Stand up and give the proper respect? What are you trolling me? Lacey walked out in a camouflage outfit, but also had a lace top with, you know, her visible shirt underneath. She met some fans in the aisle as her theme played, and that's all she did. She barely even walked down half the aisle, and she admired the fans, and she took it all in, the very lukewarm reaction that Lacey Evans got on Friday Night SmackDown. I don't understand what's going on here, man. I don't like it. It's forced. It's fake. The emotion sounds so fucking fake, and it just comes off very choreographed. I don't understand why WWE gave us five weeks. Listen to this. This is my line of thinking. WWE gave us five weeks where I'm supposed to feel sorry for her. And WWE did two things tonight that I did not understand that could really backfire on Lacey Evans. Five weeks of fucking cringe-like script red garbage. WWE had Lacey Evans come out And before she came out, I was told to stand up and give her the proper reaction. Who the fuck are you to tell me what type of reaction to give anybody? If I want to boo, I'll boo. If I want to sit, I'll fucking sit. I don't need to stand for anybody. That's number one. Number two, you gave me five weeks of this fucking bullshit from, from Lacey Evans and you have her come out for 10 seconds, 15 seconds, wave to the fucking fans and stand on a fucking barricade in front of some fucking geek sitting front row. And that's it. Five weeks. And she was out there for about 20 seconds. I'm sorry. I I don't see how Lacey Evans for five weeks wasting our time equates to 20 seconds on TV and how that equates to her being a priority or her being important. Now you're already claiming that she's going after the SmackDown Women's Championship. You do know that Ronda Rousey is winning that SmackDown Women's Championship at Backlash. Fox will have no other outcome. Fox wants Ronda as the SmackDown Women's Champion. If you don't think that, I mean, you may be watching the wrong fucking show, man. Ronda Rousey is going to win that SmackDown Women's Championship. And Lacey Evans is already eyeing the SmackDown Women's Championship. Lacey Evans is not going to be the one to beat Ronda Rousey. I'll tell you that right now. She's not going to be the one to beat Ronda Rousey. And if Lacey Evans is wrestling Ronda, WWE's presented Ronda as a he- as a babyface. She should be a heel. Ronda's a babyface. So what does that mean? Lacey Evans, is Lacey Evans going heel? Stand up and give the proper respect to Lacey Evans. That sounds like a fucking heel thing to me. This shit sucks. This shit is fucking cringe. How anybody sits there, my Lacey Evans. My God, man, I've never seen a forced narrative and a forced agenda in WWE since the Charlotte agenda. And we all know how that fucking sucked. Holy shit. I can't wait for this woman to get off television. She hasn't even been off for 20 seconds yet. Sami Zayn and Nakamura, we got this match tonight. On SmackDown. Could have saved it for next week. Could have saved it for next week. I don't know why we needed it tonight. 
Roman Reigns didn't even give a shit about fucking Nakamura and Sami Zayn tonight. He had business to take care of with Drew McIntyre and RK-Bro. He didn't make one fucking mention or give one, one iota of a fuck about Sami Zayn tonight. So why did this match need to happen tonight? I don't know. But we got a match. Went about 10 minutes. A decent little match for TV, right? Zayn had an early advantage. Nakamura came back with a knee. Followed up with a slotting German suplex. He set up for the Kinshasa. But Zayn countered with a Michinoku driver. Zayn was in control. He worked the very stereotypical WWE via commercial break. Submission hold. Chin lock. Nakamura broke free. Zayn hit a forearm off the middle rope for two count. Nakamura fought back with some kicks. Followed up with a knee off the middle turnbuckle for a near fall. Zayn and Nakamura traded shots in the middle of the ring. Nakamura locked on an armbar. Zayn rolled him up for a near fall out of the armbar. Nakamura set up for the Kinshasa. Zayn rolled out of the ring. Nakamura set up for the Kinshasa again. Zayn rolled out of the ring. McAfee said Zayn is running away. Again, this is his new finisher, he says. Nakamura fought Zayn on the outside. Zayn recovered, hit the Haluva kick against the barricade. Zayn jumped in the ring, and he wins via countout. Sami Zayn beats Nakamura via countout, man. Well, you're really making Nakamura look great going into a potential title program with Roman Reigns, right? Wow. Wow. So we got this match happening, and it meant nothing. Nakamura loses. Roman Reigns don't give a fuck about Sami Zayn, and that's it. Same old shit. Nothing of importance here coming out of this match. The main event segment was RK-Bro and Drew McIntyre. They were out there, and they were out there till about 9.55, 9.54 Eastern time. No sign of the bloodline yet. RK-Bro made their way out to the ring. McIntyre made his way out to the ring with Angela. Drew, he's in the ring. With a microphone, Strong Island, acknowledge me, he says. Riddle interrupted him and said he acknowledges that Randy is his best friend. Orton said he acknowledges that he is still uh, or still has McIntyre's handprint on his chest from two years ago when he beat him for the world title. I like the fact that they're bringing up the history between those two because WWE typically doesn't do that. McIntyre says he acknowledges that he kicked him in the head four times and then won back the championship. Orton acknowledged that as well. Riddle stepped between them and said they acknowledged that they'll let bygones be bygones. Drew Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton acknowledged that. Riddle says he also acknowledges that Randy Orton has the most muscular legs in all WWE. McIntyre then compared them. Riddle said McIntyre's are thicker, but Orton's are more vascular. Orton said he acknowledges that the Usos have had their lips uh, lips attached to Reigns' ass for the last few years. McIntyre said their game plan will be a joint, wink, wink, decision. Yes, Bruce, we get it. Matt Riddle likes to smoke. Riddle started a chant of acknowledge me, acknowledge me. McIntyre said they all acknowledge that Reigns is the biggest piece of shit walking the earth. Reigns finally comes out. Finally comes out. Around 9.55 he comes out. McIntyre said, what a shock. It worked. Reigns, Heyman, and the Usos walked out. Reigns looked down at the mic and tossed it in the air. Heyman said, oh boy, you done screwed up now. 
They marched to the ring, and they had a face-off in the middle of the ring. A big brawl broke out. Bloodline got the better of Orton, McIntyre, and Riddle for a little bit. They threw Riddle into the ring post, took McIntyre, and isolated him in the corner. Riddle re-entered and helped out. Orton then hit an RKO on Jimmy. McIntyre then hit Reigns with a Claymore, and he kipped up and celebrated with Riddle and Orton as Roman Reigns rolled out of the ring in retreat. That was SmackDown. Nothing of importance on this show. Absolutely nothing of importance on this show. WWE, they want you to think that they had this planned from the word go. They did not. Nakamura and Reigns was the plan. Fox canceled the unification match after WWE gave us graphic that it was happening. Hints that it was happening. They even had the match confirmed that it was happening at Backlash for weeks. Only then to take it away two weeks ago. And now you want me to believe that this was in the works. No, this was in the works for two weeks. WWE needed another main event. They needed Reigns on the show. They needed McIntyre on the show. When Fox canceled the unification match, they had no other choice but to do this six-man tag. None. RK Bro doesn't have anybody to face for the tag team titles on Raw. The Usos have absolutely nobody to defend those titles against on SmackDown. Their best course of action was a six-man tag. Don't believe the reports. This was not in the cards. This was not in the plans. This was a last-minute decision because Fox executives backed WWE's backs against the wall. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this SmackDown and Rampage post-show. We're going to go over Rampage briefly in just a little bit. Follow me on social media, guys, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys hit that join button, man. Become a VIP right here on Off The Scripts. You guys get those custom badges next to your name. You see everybody in the chat with a green name and a microphone next to your name, man. Those are my VIPs. So hit that join button. Become a VIP right here on OTS. Also, get those super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Make sure you guys do your homework tonight, man. Sound off in the comment section. What do you think about Fox executives ultimately, by the looks of it, canceling the unification match for the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team titles? Sound off in the comments below. Again, guys, hit those thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes on tonight's live stream. We got almost 700 likes right now. We need just about 300 to hit the minimum goal of 1,000. And tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, you know, confidence is very important in all aspects of life. Confidence is important to me when I come on here. Confidence, as far as a content creator in general, is important when you come on here. Confidence you take to work to perform your best. Confidence when you're out with your wife or your girlfriend or you're meeting somebody new for the first time. Confidence can take you far in life in all aspects of life. That's where Blue Chew comes into play as well, man. Blue Chew gives you that added confidence when it's time to step up to the plate and perform at your very best. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. But these are in chewable tablets and they are a fraction of the cost. You guys can take them anytime, day or night. Be prepared whenever that opportunity arises. 
The process is very simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed online medical providers, and you'll be approved within minutes, and your prescription will get to you within days. The best part, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped direct to you in a very discreet package. I always talk about first impressions, guys. When somebody makes their debut, it's all about first impressions. If you fuck up that debut, that first impression is the only one you get. Nobody talks about the lasting impression, though. Just as important as the first impression, it's the lasting impression as well. That's where Blue Chew is going to make you feel great. Not only are you going to get that first impression, you're going to get that lasting impression. We got a special deal for everybody tonight, man. BlueChew.com is the place. Code JD is the code. You guys are going to get Blue Chew for free. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping and handling. And I want to thank Blue Chew for once again sponsoring the SmackDown and Rampage post show right here on Off the Script. Rampage, man, on at 5.30 tonight. Felt like I was watching an old episode of WCW Saturday night at 6.05 p.m. Eastern on TBS. I could get used to these early Rampages, man. I think 5.30, 6 o'clock is a little bit too early. But I could definitely get used to it at a 7 o'clock time slot or an 8 o'clock time slot. 10 o'clock, no. I can't stand the 10 o'clock time slot, man. I think it's too late for me. I don't like coming on here, especially with what I do. I don't like coming on here at 11.05, 11.10 p.m. and going live. I'd much rather come on here at 10 o'clock, 10.05, 10.10, and Rampage happened earlier in the evening. But it did feel like we were watching WCW Saturday night back in the day on TBS. Rampage, the big match tonight was Tony Storm and Ruby Soho against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. This is a... I guess a sneak peek at what we're going to get in the women's, uh, not Dusty, Jesus Christ, the women's Owen Cup. The women's Owen Cup. So, Tony Storm is my pick to win the entire tournament. Tony Storm is my pick to win the Owen Cup. And I think Britt Baker is going to have a decent showing in the tournament as well. Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm, I'm thinking, me personally, are going to have the best match in the entire tournament. I do. So, Jamie Hayter was dominated by, or actually, no, Jamie Hayter was dominating Storm. She whipped Storm into the corner and took to her with some forearms. And what's going on in the chat? Let me see what's going on in the chat. Someone by the name of Jimmy is in the chat. What did Jimmy say? Let me see what Jimmy said. I want to read Jimmy here. Jimmy is gone. What did Jimmy say? Something bad about me? Jimmy Snow. Jimmy Snow was benched in the chat. For what? I ain't drunk when I say this. AEW sucks. All right, that's, another, that's, a, ben, that's a benchable offense here. Goodbye, Jimmy. Goodbye, Jimmy. Go be an alcoholic somewhere and have a shit evening, bro. And get denied by your wife because she's calling some other guy because you can't dick her down the way that she wants. I'm sorry, Jimmy Snow. Goodbye, bro. Goodbye. Get out of my chat. Never disrespect anything that we all like here. This is a community of fucking level-headed people who don't want any fucking problem, yet you come into the fucking chat and you spew your bullshit. Get the fuck out!
Jimmy Snow. Thank you, Hooligan. And thank you, Otis, and thank you, Mods. Goodbye, Jimmy Snow. Where was I? Jamie Hader was dominating Storm. Whipped her into the corner, hit her with some forearms. Storm came back with a German suplex. And then we got tags to both Britt Baker and Ruby Soho. Soho caught Baker with some kicks and a knee strike. Storm made a blind tag back in. And she caught Baker with her signature hip attack, which we all love. We love Tony Storm's hip attack. Hater cut her off. Baker went for the Pittsburgh Sunrise, but Soho made the save. Storm slammed Baker onto Hater, but Baker countered a Storm Zero attempt with an air raid crash. Baker went for a lockjaw. Storm rolled into a pinfall attempt and then hit a German suplex. Storm set up Baker for a superplex, but Rebel don't understand why we needed a distraction. Rebel's on the outside, distracted Tony Storm, and Baker came out of the corner with a double underhook suplex on Storm. Hater hit a sliding lariat, which looked brutal. Baker hit a curb stomp. Soho broke up the pin by spearing Hater into the pinfall. Baker super kicked Soho out of the ring. Then Storm rolled up Baker for an upset one, two, three. This was a very good tag team match, man. This was a nice little teaser for what we're going to get in the Owen Cup for the women's tournament, man. I think Tony's going to win the whole thing. I think Tony's going to the final. And we will be getting Britt Baker in this tournament against a mystery opponent. Who that mystery opponent's going to be? I don't know, man. Candice LeRae reported today to be a free agent. Could we see Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae in this tournament on both the men and women's sides? I'd like to see it. I think Candice would add a ton of value to the women's division in AEW. And I can almost guarantee you there are people already lobbying for her to get into AEW. Tay Conti is lobbying for Candice LeRae to get signed by AEW. I don't think it's Candice LeRae, though. Jesse and I talked about this on Wednesday. We both think that it is Athena, the former Ember Moon. I think we get Ember Moon and Brett Baker in the first round of this tournament, man. That should be great. That should be really fun. So we're going to find out what happens here. But I'm going with Tony Storm. I think Tony Storm wins the whole tournament. This was a great tease and a great uh, like little appetizer for the women's tournament. And by this match alone, you got four quality women here, man. You got four quality women here. These four women should be on TV regularly. These four women are going to lead your division. Look at the women's. How does anybody think that the AEW women's division sucks? Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, Ruby Soho. That's just four. Riho was on tonight's show. I'm not a big Riho fan, but Riho adds a lot to that division. Then you got Thunder Rosa, who's the women's champion. Jade Cargill, right? Then you got Chris Statlander and Tay Conti. You got a lot of different women in this division. A lot of different women in this division. Just by those names alone. Those names alone to me are better than both the SmackDown and Raw women's divisions. It's a great division. It's just not being booked properly. But I like it. I like the direction in which the... Imagine if they bring in LeRae. Imagine they bring in Athena. Forget about it. There's no way this division fucking bombs. This is going to be a great tournament. 
This is going to be a great, this whole tournament, both men's and women's, is going to be great. I can't wait. Dynamite looks like a can't-miss show. Serena Deeb, Sheeta. Look at the look at the division. There's no way anybody could say it sucks. Creative, yes. Not up to par. The talent, man, I don't know what the fuck they're doing there, man, but somebody's got to get on the same page. Seriously, creatively, it's got to be right. Can't botch it with that amount of talent. We got Eddie Kingston. This is one of the best parts of the show, man. I love this. This is why I love AEW so much, man. They do things that are out of the box. They do things that are differently. Jericho is on commentary every most weeks on Rampage. And he's on commentary here. And Eddie Kingston calls into the show. He's taking a phone call, Jericho, from the commentary desk. And Eddie Kingston's calling in from wherever he is, man. And the production truck cued it on in to the commentary table. I love it. Eddie Kingston called Chris Jericho. Called on the phone because, you know, they got all the way, no other way to do it. I guess we couldn't have Zoom or fucking uh, some, some app. Kingston got home to his wife, and he's been in a relationship with his wife for 20 years. The sight of his burned face, Eddie Kingston is describing all of this to Chris Jericho, scarred her. It broke her. He never wants that to happen again. He never wants to see that ever again. He says this is way beyond whatever we have done in the past. Kingston promised to hurt Jericho really, really bad. And he's going to do it for his wife. So there's no way that Eddie Kingston loses this match whenever it happens against Jericho. There will be some sort of stipulation. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's something to do with fire. I don't know. Imagine that. Maybe we really get Chris Jericho doing some wizardry at the pay-per-view. But Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho seemingly are going into a double-or-nothing match together with some sort of stipulation on the line. That's what I do think is going to happen. And then we may end up getting we may end up getting blood and guts somewhere down the line on a dynamite show. So we'll see what happens. Mark Sterling and Tony Nese cut a promo backstage. Sterling requested for Nice to have a match against the hottest free agent signing in AEW, promising to give this free agent a loss, his first loss in AEW, and he challenged who I thought was going to be Hook, but he challenged Danhausen. So Tony Nese is challenging Danhausen to a match. When, where, I don't know. He promised it in Long Island. We may end up getting it next week on Dynamite. Hook. He was on the show. He defeated J.D. Drake in about 90 seconds. Drake right at the top hit a hard chop. The fake J.D. Drake. Drake hit a hard chop and Hook X for another. When Drake went to deliver, Hook headbutted Drake's arm and suplexed him. Hook then kind of stopped and looked at the crowd. Crowd really is into Hook. Drake tried to reverse DDT, but Hook flipped through the attempt and locked in Red Rum and Drake Quacked, uh, quacked. I can't speak tonight, man. Holy shit. Quacked. Yes, he quacked out. He quacked out. Tapped out. Drake quickly tapped out. I haven't even had an alcoholic beverage tonight, man. I'm just fucking tired. I really am. Drake quickly tapped out. After the match was over, Dan Housen came out to confront Hook. Crowd chanting Hook Housen, Hook Housen. There was a couple of people in the crowd 
who had custom made hook housing t-shirts, man. I guarantee you they're going to be start they're going to start selling these hook housing t-shirts. So, hook housing, hook housing. And Dan Housen is out there, ex-hooked to be in his corner for the match against Tony Nese next week. Hook shoved Dan Housen down, and Dan Housen pulled out potato chips that were wrapped in a red bow for Hook because he, a couple weeks ago, destroyed Hook's potato chips. His potato chips had power, said Dan Housen. So he pulled out potato chips from his pocket, had them wrapped in a big red bow, and put them in the ring. Hook picked them up. Crowd was chanting, you know, pleasant because they thought they were going to make up and form a team. And Hook just dropped the potato chips on the ground and walked away. Hook wants to team with Danhausen. They're just very much slow burning this because Hook is the fucking cold hearted stud out there, right? He can't like anybody, but he's fucking Hook. He can't like anybody. He's not going to automatically befriend Danhausen. You got you, you to gotta earn Hook's friendship. That's what Danhausen's doing, man. He's breaking him down slowly but surely. That curse is going to work on him eventually. This is some wholesome content, man. This is some wholesome content right here. It's not the biggest storyline in AEW. It's not even a fucking mid-level storyline. But this, the crowd is totally into this. It's great. It's great. It gets Hook on TV. It gets Dan Housen on TV. They're two widely, hugely popular acts in AEW at the stage that they're in. So why not? Why not? I think it's fun. I have no problem with it. Do I find Dan Housen a little obnoxious at times? Sure. I don't know how he wrestles. I don't know if he's in the ring. Turnbuckle to turnbuckle, a good quality wrestler. I don't know. I guess we'll find out against Tony Nese, who's fucking great. But I find this to be fun. And it's not offensive at all. I think it's great and the crowd loves it, so why not? Lexi Nair interviewed FTR. Even though the crowd is cheering for FTR, Dax is going to bring the nasty back against Adam Cole on Dynamite next week. Cash said that Dax is going to win the entire tournament. He also called Adam Cole a shit human being. Great in-ring performer and a shit human being. We love the Hart family, and I know where your influences lie as well, which is very respectable, but I'm winning the entire tournament. Should be a great match. Dax versus Adam Cole, man, should be a quality pro wrestling match. Riho. She defeated Yuka Sakazaki in eight minutes. This was for a spot in the Owen Rio is in the Owen. This was Rio's first match since injury happened in January against Britt Baker, where she injured her shoulder. Rio hit a shotgun dropkick and a running knee in the corner. Rio got a near fall after a crossbody from the top rope. The crowd was really into Rio. She's very over. I'll give her that, man. She's very over. The crowd loves Rio. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't get it, but everybody loves Rio. Sakazaki caught Rio with a boot and a dropkick sent Rio to the floor. Sakazaki then springboard off the top rope. Cannonball sent Tan to the floor. Sakazaki was going for a near fall off of a Northern Lights bomb. She went for her magical girl splash because Yuka Sakazaki is the magical girl. Big splash she was going for. Rio got the knees up. Rio hit a release dragon suplex. Wonder where she got that one from, Kenny. 
Rio went for a charging knee, but Sakazaki countered with the sunset flip attempt. Riho hit a knee slide. Very close near fall for her. Crowd chanted, that was three. They wanted Riho to win the match. She then went up top. Sakazaki sprung up there, planted Rio down to the mat with a top rope flatliner that looked nasty. Sakazaki went for a big helicopter slam, but Rio slid out and rolled Sakazaki up for a two. Both women now exchanging forearms. Yuka wound up with a big forearm. Rio ducked, rolled Sakazaki up for the pin, and that was it. Riho advances into the tournaments, and she now is a part of the field of seven plus the one-woman joker. Love it. I think Riho in the tournament is a good idea. Where Statlander is, I don't know. I'd like to see her in the tournament, but she didn't get in this year. Maybe next year. But this women's tournament, the quality of women in this tournament, the quality of men in the tournament, goes to show you how vast the depth is on the AEW roster, man. Can't wait for this. I love it. I'm getting old school King of the Ring vibes from both of these tournaments. Tony Khan is going to show you exactly what WWE should be doing with the King of the Ring tournament with the Owen. The Owen women's side is going to put the Queen of the Ring or the Queen's Crown tournament to fucking shame. Tony TK is about to show WWE how exactly a tournament is supposed to be. I love it. Sean Spears got a promo on Wardlow. Promising to be kryptonite to Wardlow's Superman. I love Sean Spears' promos, man. They take place in the back, and there's nothing but chairs in the background. Love it. The chairman. Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. Britt Baker versus The Joker. Riho versus Ruby Soho. And Red Velvet versus Hikaru Shida. Looking at this Owens bracket, man, that Riho now won. I'm going Tony Storm over Jamie Hayter. I'm going Britt Baker over whoever the Joker is. I'm thinking Tony versus Britt, second round. Then we got Riho versus Ruby Soho and Hikaru Shida versus Red Velvet. I'm going Riho and I'm going Hikaru Shida. That's what I'm going with. Then I think we get Shida in the final and I think we get Tony Storm in the final and I think we get Tony Storm versus Shida in the final and Tony Storm wins the Owen Cup. That's what I'm going for there. I didn't really think that the brackets would shake out that way. I thought Britt would be on the opposite side, but it looks like we may be going for a second-round match with Britt Baker and Tony Storm. I thought Britt and Tony could absolutely be a final, but we're getting this in the second round. Tony's my pick. Tony's my pick to win it all. Dan Lambert. He's out there with the men of the year. America's top team. Even though Lambert is from Baltimore... He cut a city on Baltimore and dragged Baltimore in the dirt. He called everybody Baltimoreans, and he called everybody Baltimoreans because they've destroyed this great city of his. The crab cakes here are terrible. He'd rather get crabs from a lady of the night than eat Baltimore crab cakes. This is why he says he's from Miami now. Ethan Page, more Ethan Page on my TV, man. He's so good. He's so good. Ethan Page on the microphone is so good. I love his intensity, man. It really is so great. So Ethan Page says he's calling off this mixed tag team match with Tay Conti and Sammy Guevara. Frankie Kazarian then comes out, axes for his TNT title match. Scorpio Sky responded with, 
somewhat of a babyface promo to Frankie because, I mean, they're good buddies, right? They're good buddies. He told Dan Lambert to take the extra TNT championship belt and put it in his trophy case at America's top team. Scorpio promised he would do things differently this time and agreed to defend the TNT title against Kazarian next week. Scorpio Sky says he wants to bring prestige back to the TNT title. He doesn't want this title being be, this title being traded back and forth like Tay Conti is with the rest of the men's locker room. There were people on social media that did not like that sexual joke there by Scorpio Sky, man. My, my God, man. Could the community be any more of a bunch of snowflakes than they are? You don't like the sexual innuendos, right? You don't like the sexual jokes, man. I gotta see check marks chiming in, glorifying, fucking doing the right thing, and women, right? Women, this is disgusting towards women. They're fucking heels. I'm sorry. I- I'm not sure if you really understand this, but you're watching a show that is scripted and kayfabe. They're heels. Give me a break. I enjoyed the shit out of it. I love when they fucking make sexual jokes like that. I love that they call the women sluts. I do. It's fucking heel. That's exactly what their job description is. Heel. How to get heat with the crowd. Say something that's out of fucking line, man. I appreciate that. I do. You're all fucking simps, man. Get with the program. You're watching a scripted television show. When you watch one of your favorite shows and they glorify fucking women the way that Dan Lambert does or or fucking make jokes about women the way Dan Lambert and America's Top Team does on your favorite television shows. You go on social media and complain about it? No, because it's AEW and Dan Lambert. You got to complain about it, right? Give me a break. Calm the fuck down. Have a cold beverage. Calm down and life will go on, man. Life will go on. You may even listen to fucking music. I guarantee you, you people listen to fucking music where they're saying the same shit about women, but you don't mind working out to it in the fucking gym, right? But all because Dan Lambert said something, America's Top Team said something, you got a fucking problem with it, right? Geeks. Never seen so many snowflakes in my entire fucking life in the community, man. Seriously. Excalibur. He was running down the card for Dynamite next week when Jungle Boy ran out and attacked Ricky Starks at the commentary table. Starks ran off and Jungle Boy held up the FTW title and he promised to win that belt on Wednesday. Jungle Boy versus Ricky Starks, FTW title. CM Punk versus John Silver. A Jericho Appreciation Society victory speech. Tony Storm versus Jamie Hader, first round of the Owen. Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy. First round of the Owen, Dax Harwood and Adam Cole. First round of the Owen. Love it. Dynamiters can't miss on Wednesday, man. Gonna be a great show. Rampage next Friday. Scorpio Sky versus Frankie Gazarian TNT title and Rio versus Ruby Soho in a first round of the Owen. That is what is scheduled for now. Jay Lethal. He went one-on-one with uh, Takeshita. Japanese superstar from DDT making his Rampage debut. This was actually very good, man. This match was excellent. And I know a lot of people, who's the Japanese guy, man? Takeshita. Yeah, who is he? Nobody knows these uh, these unknown geeks. I got to hear everybody on social media. Who is he? Nobody knows him. AEW, all they do is cater to their hardcore audience and they don't bring any new casual viewers into the fray, right? This was a great match. 
This is a one-hour wrestling show that's appearing on TNT at 5.30 because of fucking NHL hockey, and you're complaining about a great wrestling match. Never seen so many fucking miserable assholes in my entire life. This was a great match. Takeshita hit Lethal with a shoulder tackle, sent him to the floor, followed up with a slingshot tope on the floor. Satnam Singh confronted Takeshita. This distraction allowed Lethal to take control. We got a commercial break. Both men are fighting on the top rope when we get back from break. Takeshita hit a lariat, sent both men to the mat. Lethal flipped off the top rope with the intensity of this clothesline from Takeshita. So Lethal then escaped a full Nelson by dropping down and caught Takeshita with a figure four. He then escaped a sheer drop brain buster, did Takeshita for a near fall. Apparently, we got Sunjay Dutt on the outside, and he's trying to distract on the outside. Takeshita avoided a lethal injection and floored lethal with a lariat. He then hit a flying knee. He went to cover, but Sunjay Dutt distracted the ref before he could make the count. When the ref finally did count, lethal kicked out at two. Lethal caught Takeshita with a roll-up, and then Takeshita kicked out. Lethal sprung into the ropes, caught him with a lethal injection, and that was enough for the win. After the match, Singh, the giant Singh, and Sanjay Dutt hit the ring, beat up Takeshita. Then the best friends ran out to try and make the save. That didn't work. They got taken out. Singh then grabbed Taylor by the throat and bounced his head off the mat like a fucking basketball. Orange Cassidy got on the apron. He distracted Singh, and he dropped down because out came Samoa Joe. Came out with a big steel pipe, and before he got into the ring, a large group of security guards got in between Joe and the ring as the show went off the air. Looks like we're getting Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal at the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, maybe for the Ring of Honor TV title. But uh, Rampage tonight, man, even though it aired at a very unusual time at 5.30, there were some really good matches on this show tonight, man. The Open with the women's tag team match, Riho versus Sakazaki was great. And this match was very good, man. Very good. A lot of good in-ring action on a one-hour Rampage, man. This was a very enjoyable one-hour of Rampage. Probably enjoyed this Rampage most uh, compared to what we've given or what Tony Khan has been giving us uh, to the last couple weeks. Honestly, I think this was a great show. And that is your uh, SmackDown and AEW Rampage post-show right here on Off the Script, guys. Yeah, Satnam Singh is not, uh, he's not looking too bad, man. They're, they're playing to his strengths, which is fine. As long as I play to his strengths and keep him the way he's, you know, he is right now, he's fine, man. He's innocent. He makes for an intimidating act in the role that he's playing right now. Keep him like that and he'll be fine. I appreciate you guys very much, man. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Make sure you guys... Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Hit that thumbs up, man. I see 800 likes. We need 200 more for 1,000 minimum. That's the goal. So if you guys are in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, please make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. It helps me out tremendously. Get those super chats in at his last call here in the OTS venue, man, to get your super chats in. We got two new members as well. Thank you so much for all the new memberships. 
If you guys want to join, I left the link in the comments section in the live stream chat pinned at the very top, man. Become an OTS VIP. Become an OTS channel member today. And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Everything you need is right there, including Wednesday's Dynamite. Some gaming live stream on Tuesday, man, that we did for WWE 2K22 and Monday Night Raw. I'll be live on Sunday afternoon with OTS Live 429. And Backlash on Sunday night, man. WrestleMania Backlash and the post show right here on OTS. And go check out my sponsor, man, BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout for your free sample. Tony Brown with a 999 Super Chat, man. The meat was out. Oh, Tony Brown, there was a lot of booty meat tonight. Sasha Banks, Naomi, Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, you name it, man. Quality meat out tonight. Michelle Moran with a 5 and a 2 in Super Chat. WWE is scum for falsely promoting a tag team unification match when there were never any plans to follow through with it. Any bets this same six-man match is put inside Hell in a Cell. Uh, Michelle, they are awful. Fox is terrible. This is why I hate having both shows on fucking different networks. Because then you get this shit. They think they know who the fuck they are. They think they know what's best for the show. They don't. And yes, I don't think that WWE puts this Nakamura Reigns match inside Hell in a Cell. It's not going to really call for it. I do think that we get this match, this same match, at Backlash inside Hell in a Cell. Aaron King with a $2 super chat. Adam Cole and Britt Baker are on Bar Rescue Sunday. I did not know that, man. That should be interesting. I don't know why, but I love Bar Rescue, man. I love John Taffer. I may be tuning into that. Maybe they are on some recon for John Taffer, man. Maybe they go into a bar and they eat shitty food and drink shitty beer. And then he comes in and tells everybody, shut it fucking down. Joseph Taylor. Thank you for the $5 super chat, bro. I feel so bad for AJ Styles and Finn Balor not being on the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. In due time, bro. In due time. Give Finn another year. Ryoff Wildfire with a 199 super chat. Feels good to have a key to the Forbidden Door. Tony Khan has given us all the key, man. Except... Everyone except fucking Alfred Cheeseboard Konua. Cleaning my cat's fucking piss after she accidentally pisses outside the litter box is more entertaining than listening to fucking Alfred's videos. The Dud with a $2 super chat. Johnny and Candace will join AEW or Ring of Honor. I could see it. I could also see Candace joining Impact. They got a great women's division over there. Also, the dud with a $2 super chat. Once AEW has Shrios tag team titles, so will WWE. No. WWE can't even book their fucking tag team division, man. They don't even have a tag team division. They're going to do Trios titles? No. Michael Evans with a $10 super chat. Got my tickets to Forbidden Door. Pre-sale sold out. 11,000 seats in under 40 minutes. 
Hope to see you and Jesse at the United Center and maybe a meet and greet. OTS for life. Uh, I am trying, bro. I am trying. I recently applied for uh, media to the show. I should get media. So we will see what happens. The Undertaker with an eight-month re-up. Thank you, Undertaker. Eight months is Undertaker for a VIP. 7-0. and Had to drive to H-E-B after Michelle explained how my teleportation could give someone a heart attack. Nevertheless, I got lighter fluid for May 19th. Listen, bro. Happy wife, happy life. Undertaker, you're still undefeated in my book, bro. Rob Bay Bay with a 199 super chat. Shout out Otis and his new IC title. And Jesse's chat. Cheers. The real Weliever becomes a new member. Weliever, what are you drinking, bro? First round is on me, man. Thank you for coming on into the VIP club. Stefan Beck with a 499 Super Chat. I was at SmackDown tonight, and the crowd was very much alive for the show. Good show at the Coliseum. Uh, Stefan Beck, you didn't watch it on TV, bro. Lots of piped-in crowd noise. Lots of piped-in crowd noise by our good friend. <laughs> Kevin Dunn. Theo with two $20 Super Chats. JD, I have an idea. But it might be a bad idea. Can we do a Roman Reigns segment where he invades AEW and runs through half of the roster until Omega comes back and takes him down? No. Now, I don't want Roman anywhere on AWTV. Theo, with a 1999 Super Chat. JD, do you think The Rock comes back at the Rumble, eliminates Roman from the Rumble, and then Roman gets his revenge at Mania? Why would Roman Reigns be in the Royal Rumble, Theo? He will at least be Universal Champion at that point. So why would he be in the Rumble? Unless WWE has no creative at all and no opponents for Roman Reigns that he's got to put the title on the line at the Royal Rumble. Can you imagine The Rock winning the WWE Universal title by eliminating Roman Reigns in the Royal Rumble? No. DWA Dirty Dano becomes a new member in the OTS VIP club, man. Thank you so much, Dirty Dano. First time VIP, man. Welcome. What are you drinking tonight, brother? Velocifactor. I love the name, man. I love the name. I love when you guys get creative, man. 499 Super Chat by Velocifactor. Gunther should beat Ricochet for the IC title and then beat Honky Tonk Man's record to build him up as an unstoppable monster and redeem the title. Speaking of Ricochet, Ricochet was on main event tonight in a dark match against Mace. 
managed by LA Knight. It's great to see Ricochet doing great things with that IC title, man. Not even on fucking TV. This is my prediction. Drew McIntyre fails at getting the Universal title. That'll be the main event for SummerSlam. At that point, Drew McIntyre versus Gunther will be one of the headline matches at WWE's UK show, Clash at the Castle. It only makes sense. It only makes sense, man. Book it. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre at Clash at the Castle. I will not be at double or nothing. Tickets are just way too expensive to go out to Las Vegas for Memorial Day, man. I'm staying put. Me Wilson with a $4.99 super chat. What if Miro is the Joker in the men's tournament? Me Wilson, you must have missed our AEW Dynamite post show, brother. This is why I seriously, you know, I might as well talk about this now. I'm seriously contemplating taking clips from the fucking show and uploading it as separate videos to the channel just in case you guys missed the most important topics. Me, Wilson, I love you, bro. You've been here for a long time, me, Wilson. But we talked about Miro being the Joker on the AW Dynamite post show. JD wanted to ask you who you got for the men's tournament final. I'm going with Adam Cole to win the entire tournament. Uh, Nathaniel Rivera, yeah, I got it. I ain't spending $1,000 for a fucking uh, flight ticket one way to go to Las Vegas. Seems like it's a counterproductive idea. The amount of money I'll make is much more worth it and lucrative for me to stay home instead of paying $1,000 one way on a fucking flight to Las Vegas. I've been... I, listen, Ricardo... Kairos, I've been I've been thinking about it. Chad, I've been thinking about it. You know, you go look at Pat McAfee's podcast, man. I'm, I, you know, I, when I play Destiny, I usually have uh, something on, whether it's Zarian and Matt Men or fucking Pat McAfee, right? I got him on his background noise. I might take some some clips and upload them as separate videos, man. I see a lot of people doing that. I don't know. We'll see, man. Me, Wilson, thank you, brother. Gary Gordon with a $5 Super Jack. Cody can't afford to lose. Don't want to see the same scenario in the Edge-Seth feud where Seth won the second match. Are we getting a DQ fuck finish? Yes, one way. One way. I may be exaggerating. It was about $800. It was about $800. Last time I checked, it may be more now. $800 one way for a plane ticket to Las Vegas. From Texas to Las Vegas is 600 bucks. That's ridiculous, bro. You imagine coming from New York. $800, $900 is right in the realm. Uh, yeah, Gary, I can't, I can't see Cody losing, bro. I think Cody losing is a big mistake, to be honest with you. I think Cody losing is a big mistake. Cody cannot lose. If he's going after the world title, 
that man, you know, it may not be prevalent and, and present in WWE, but wins and losses do matter to Cody. I genuinely think that Cody truly believes that wins and losses do matter. The way you're presented on TV does matter. I don't think Cody wants to lose. If his vision is the world championship and that's what the story is with him, he can't lose. Cody. Cody Meany with a $5 super chat. Do you think with the AW ratings dropping week after week lately, there is a cause for concern? No. You, you, you see, Cody, I'm going to use the NBA playoffs as an excuse for AW Dynamite. I'm not going to use the excuse of the NBA playoffs for Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw has been around for almost 30 years, bro. WWE has lost most of their audience who watch Monday Night Raw. They don't have the courtesy and the benefit of using that as an excuse anymore. They don't have Monday Night Football to use as an excuse anymore. They don't have the World Series or the NHL fucking Stanley Cup or fucking Wimbledon or the Westminster Dog Show. They don't have any of this shit to use as an excuse anymore because their audience year over year has fucking dwindled into what it is now. A 1617 rating is normal for Monday Night Raw on a week where there's nothing, where there's no competition. AEW Dynamite, I'm going to use that as an excuse. Now, I'm not using it for both. I'm not using it for both. WWE's product and core audience has fucking dwindled into nothing. AEW, they'll be right back where they are usually after the NBA playoffs. I'm not concerned about it at all. AEW's audience has grown year over year. Monday Night Raw, WWE's has not. It's in the numbers. Just do a little research. And by the way, AEW is still ranked number three, number four on most weeks. TNT, TBS, Time Warner, they are very pleased with AEW. Tyler B with a 999 Super Chat. Thank you, JD, for being very best, the very best in the IWC. Do you think FTR goes back to the E? No. I don't. There's nothing for them over there. If there is nothing over there for them, why are they going back? Lost Star DB. $10 Super Chat. Lots of unfortunate happenings lately. Wrestling and your streams give me escape. Keep killing it. And if you're still serving beverages, I'll take a blue moon on tap. Orange slice on the side. You got it, brother. No matter what's going on, man, I'll always be here when you expect me to be here. I appreciate you, bro. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Ricky Starks is a good-looking guy. I agree. I think Ricky Starks is a handsome fellow. Me Wilson with a 1999 Super Chat. The double or nothing. Card is looking very good so far. I agree. I love main event and finals for the Owen and Men's Tournament. This pay-per-view is looking far better than WrestleMania. Wish you can come to Vegas. Glad I got tickets. I wish I was, uh, Wilson. I wish I was coming out there, man. Last time I was in Vegas was for the first double or nothing, and I wish I had a couple more days out there. It was non-stop wrestling, 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 wrestling. I just want a day to fucking just walk the strip, man, and drink my fucking beverage out of my nice glowing guitar, you know? Arby065, TK got the keys like Halloween Keeper of Seven Keys. 
He's got the keys. He's now letting fucking Alfred uh, Sausage Konuha into the building, man. Fuck him. JT Golden with a 199 Super Jack. Cody Rhodes was on Broken Skull Session today. I have to watch that. Billy in the chat. I see you, bro. JD, drinks and steak are on us if you come to Vegas, brother. I'll take your rent. I'll take a rent check on that, Billy. Because I'll be out in Vegas for something. We got a $5 super chat from Ricardo Lino. What does it say when we'd pay $50 in two seconds for an AEW pay-per-view but couldn't be paid to watch WWE premium live events? I love OTS. I hate WWE creative. Even when I botch spoon-fed? What did I say? Spoon sped? Not a botch on that one, huh? That's what happens, man, when I lack sleep and I'm fucking driving myself in the fucking ground. Spoon fed. Foon sped. I'll take the L on that one, man. Nobody's a bigger L than Alfred Konua, though. Me, Wilson, with a 499 Super Chat. Love you, JD. Sorry for missing the Dynamite review. We'll catch up. Work has been crazy. This is why you are the IWC GOAT. Keep it up, bro. Love you. Right, listen, man, I'm not, I'm not concerned. It's also available. Listen, bro, if you if you need anything, man, on the way to work, going home from work, man, we're on Blue Wire and Spotify and iTunes, man. If you don't want to watch it, you can listen to it. Foonsped. It's been a new hashtag, man. Foonsped. Goonsped. We got a 199 Super Chat from King. He leaves no message. And Kairos with a $5 Super Chat. Hey, man, keep up the great work. I may not always be here, but I do listen and watch every week. Listen, brother, that's all that matters to me. That's all that matters to me, man. As long as you're present in some way, shape, or form, bro. Uh, listen, Jesse. I see you got some tips tonight, bro, on some Super Chats. You can put that money in the tip jar, man, for you fucking stealing some liquor when you think I'm not watching, bro. I see you. I see you, bro. Where do my jack go, bro? It's not even top shelf, and you're stealing the fucking bottom of the barrel shit, man. Give me a break. Come on. This fucking guy. Made some nice dollars over there. What'd you get, like $50 in Super Chesky first premiere? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Come on. Fuck out of here, bro. Anyway, I'm getting out of here, guys. Thank you so much for a great stream. Hopefully I foon-sped you. Some great content tonight. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for the Super Chats. Thank you for the likes. Can we at least get 900 fucking likes in the goddamn stream? We need 25 more fucking likes. Holy shit. If you guys are in the chat and haven't hit the thumbs up, man, please hit the fucking thumbs up, please. Thank you for the new members. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you to Blue Chew as always for sponsoring the show. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Next time you guys will see me is Sunday. 
I'll set the podcast up for Sunday tomorrow afternoon, man. You guys will get early RSVP. Buddy, I see you, brother. Hoping you and Ashley enjoy the show, man. It was uh, looked like it was a great night, man. Sucks we didn't get to see her on TV, though, bro. I thought I thought TK was going to give us some baddies, man, but uh, apparently not. BlueChew.com. Thank you to BlueChew, man. Code JD at checkout for your free sample. Go check out all the other videos on the channel. And I'll foon sped you on Sunday. OTS and then Backlash, man, Sunday night. Guys, I need two things from me before I get out of here. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs. I need those Mustang emojis if you got them. I know you do. And I need that music on max. Guys, I'll see you on Sunday live for a double stream. OTS 429 and Backlash Sunday night right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.